American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, I'm Olympian Lolo Jones, and I have a new podcast called Gold Medal Loser, presented by Discover Card. Everyone can relate to those loser moments in their life, especially when expectations are high. But here's the thing, not everyone overcomes hardships the same way. So I'll be talking to some of the most winningest people from all walks of life to learn their mentality behind their successes and failures. We'll be talking to athletes and celebrities to get their insight behind personal moments that represent the good, the bad, and the ugly. Plus, how they took these challenges and created a better version of themselves. So check this pod out because it's time to get real. Don't forget to subscribe to Gold Medal Loser on Apple, Spotify, and any preferred podcast platform. All right, I am happy to have Kate McClure on, uh, farmhand of the Chicago White Sox. Kate, how are you doing today? Good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, absolutely. As you can tell, I am all ready for Christmas. This will come out Christmas Eve, so I figured I'd wear my my festive sweater, kind of set the set the mood, if I may. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like it. Good luck. Right on, right. I appreciate that. Uh, before we get started, um, Christmas is coming up. Do you have any like traditions that you and your family do? Um, you know, this is my first year. Uh, you know, spending Christmas as a married man, so. Oh. Uh, we're, we're, we're kind of learning the, the ins and outs of uh, how, how to see everyone and, uh, you know, make sure we're not leaving anyone out and spending time with everybody. So this is kind of our, you know, our first trial run, I guess you could say. That's what's up. No, I, I feel that. Yeah, me and my wife, we live here in Wisconsin. Um, all my family, they're in California. So basically, I don't I don't see them at all over the holidays. So it's pretty much just the, her family. So, yeah, we're, I'm excited. Uh, we just, our kids are getting to, our oldest is getting to that age where he can actually appreciate the gifts and, um, kind of, he helped wrap some of his brothers and uh, gifts and all that stuff. So he's really getting into the actual spirit of Christmas, which is kind of nice. It makes you feel that much more like special as as a dad. And like I've only yeah. been married for a couple of years, so I mean, but still, it's 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 going to be awesome spending it as a as a married couple. Congratulations, by the way, on your wedding. How did Thank that you. go? When was when was that? I saw the video on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was in October. Um, it was cool, man. It was a lot of fun. You know, we had a kind of a time crunch there from the, from the end of our season with, you mm-hmm. know, kind of the uncertainty of what the season was going to look like after last year. Um, you know, they, they were adding weeks on at the end of the year that we weren't anticipating and, and stuff like that. So we came down to um, an October 9th wedding with our last game being October 4th in Memphis. Wow. So it was, it was a, it was a, it was a crunch, but uh, yeah, everything went smooth. It was, it was a good time. That's crazy. That's that's not very much time at all to plan. Uh, I can't even imagine how stressful that was for your for your wife. Cause, yeah, uh, yeah, she's she's like a crazy planner too. So it, for her, it was like killing her that you know I couldn't give her like you know definitive answers on mm-hmm. I will be here, I will be there. Like it just it was so much up in there that she kind of had to get used to. But wow, um, yeah, it, it, everything went good. I guess that's kind of life though, as as a as a the wife or spouse of a of a ball player, because you never know. You're always traveling. You're always moving around. Right. Um, you never know what, like, where you're going to lay down roots really until like either like a long term contract or even then just, you know, never really a certain thing. But right. uh, very cool. 
Very cool. Hey, um, what got you into baseball? This is a question I ask everyone I have on my podcast. Uh, what got you into baseball? Was it a a, a specific team or a, a player or a moment in history that you just think, wow, that's something I want to do? Um, and how did that translate into now you being uh, on the cusp of uh, reaching the majors? Um, I would probably just say, you know, my parents are both athletes. My dad played in the NFL. My mom was a Division One college volleyball player. So, um, you know, growing up, it was, you know, something you did in the backyard. You played catch with your dad. Um, you know, you threw your VP in the backyard with wiffle balls. And um, I, I just felt like I would imagine it was probably just, you know, having success at an early age. And it was fun. I got to be around my friends. And, um, you know, my dad was able to coach because, you know, he wanted to be a part of that. So that made it more fun for me, I'd imagine, too. And, and then, you know, obviously, having success, the older you get, um, you know, you don't want to give it up. So it just kind of kept riding that train. What was your favorite team growing up, though? Uh, being from Cleveland, uh, I was a big fan of the Indians. Uh, oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's funny as you get drafted by a team, you know, White Sox, whoever, um, you know, unless you grow up in Chicago where you have some reason to have an affiliation with them, it's like you don't know anything about them, you don't know the history, you don't know. I couldn't even have told you the moment I got drafted who the manager was. You know, it's just you, you don't have the affiliation, you don't have any reason to. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, you know, I still follow the Indians on Instagram and Twitter and I, and I see all the moves they make and I see all the, you know, I, their daily recaps from their games and stuff like that. And uh, it's just weird because that's the team you cared about so much growing up and the team that you appreciated. So um, not kind of kind of having to have two of those is it's, it's, it's different, but, it, uh, you know, it's, it's cool to have the second reason. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, was baseball your only sport? Uh, that you played in high school or in like elementary and did you know from an early age that was what you wanted to do uh, or at what point did you realize this is something that I could be successful in um actually so I played basketball and football as well um, oh okay playing football was uh something that you know like I said my dad played football in mm -hmm. the NFL for a little while so football was something that um you know I loved you know from an early age as well um you know, my dad was a quarterback. I played quarterback. So, um, you know, the, the older I got, um, you know, maybe I realized I didn't love football as much as basketball and baseball, but um, I wanted to keep playing. I think it was something that my dad and I had, uh, you know, that we could kind of bond over as well. Um, I chose not to play my senior year of high school just with having a college commitment and, um, you know, just didn't want to really risk, you know, further injury, I guess. Um, and then basketball was something I absolutely love to this day. Basketball is probably my favorite sport. Um, but, uh, you know, my ticket was in baseball and that's, you know, that's kind of the way we decided to roll. Were you also a Cavs fan then? Yeah. Cavs fan. Okay. Um, I remember sitting on my couch in my, in my old house when I was seven years old and hearing the Cavs announcer drafting LeBron James. And, uh, you know, it, like I, I, I just was so into sports. I understood, I, I don't know if I completely understood the magnitude, but, um, for that, for a seven year old, I feel like I was fully able to grasp the concept of. LeBron James being a Cleveland Cavalier and what that meant going forward for, uh, you know, an organization. And man, that was like, I remember just like freaking out. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. My parents had taken me to go see him play um, in some high school games leading up, you know, to the draft. So, um, you know, I'd never seen a high school kid dunk in a basketball game before, but mm -hmm. you, know, you go see him play and he's like reverse <laughs> alley-ooping and doing yep, stuff. Yep. You're seeing dudes on TV do. So it's like, man, this guy must be legit, you know? So, um, you know, it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, Cavs fan, um, you know, sorry to say, I guess I would be a Browns fan as growing up. I didn't really watch a whole lot of NFL football just cause they were so bad at, you know, what was the point, I guess you could yeah. say, <clears throat> um, my dad played for the bills. So we watched the bills a lot growing up. 
Um, even they weren't too great for, for quite some time as well, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, was a big college football guy, but, you know, kind of, you know, kind of got back into NFL football and I'm doing fantasy football and stuff like that. Um, so you, you're a Cavs fan. I, I, I grew up in Oakland, so I'm a big Warriors fan. Okay. So when, when you say the Cavs, my instant reaction is up three, one. <laughs> and I, I swear, I thought that's what you're going to say, but I'm like seven, that wouldn't have worked out. But sitting on your couch watching that game, I was, man, I, I can never like, like forget being up three one, thinking we're gonna go, we're gonna repeat, and then yeah. that block that he had at the in game, oh, like it, it still is in my memory of like, yeah. man, what what, what, what could have been? I was actually playing summer college summer baseball, um, and I remember just like having my phone like running down to the bullpen to like pull my phone in my pocket to check mm-hmm. what was going on. Cause we were in the middle of the game and I was like, you know, I got to figure out like, this is my team in the finals. Like we, this doesn't happen too often. So, mm-hmm. um, and I remember like watching the end of the game on the bus rides back to the, to the parking lot to get to your car after an away game. And, um, but yeah, that was such a magical run and so fun, you know, obviously for a cat to the Cavs fan side, but yeah, no, I have, I have a different uh, opinion on how that all turned yeah. out, but um, honestly, it's good for the city of Cleveland to have that 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 championship. Um, yeah. And then I'm a Raiders fan, so I'm you. I know exactly how you feel as a Browns fan for just <laughs> yeah, suffering exactly. through just years of just crappy, <laughs> like terrible football. And yeah, it's 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 hard being a, a Browns fan. It's hard being a Raiders fan. It was hard being a Warriors fan, dude, for like most of my life until the last like eight eight nine years. Right, so it's right. it's. I'm kind of been watching a lot. I've had a lot of teams play a lot of bad, uh, bad sports, but uh, that is, it is what it is. Um, Talk to me about draft day. Did you, did you think you were going to get drafted out of high school Um, or, and and did you, or, and did you just go to college instead? Or um, how, how did, how did you decide to go to college as opposed to the draft? Um, I thought there was a small chance at a high school. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. the way my parents approached it was, um, you know, you don't really understand finances and what you got to, you live on and what you got to spend as a 17 year old because you're not responsible for that. Um, so my parents kind of sat me down and said, Hey, this is a phone bill per month. This is a car insurance. This is gas. This is living. This is that, you know, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, Holy crap, you know, whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, my parents were like, okay, here's the deal. You know, we'll allow you to sign out of high school, but you're asking for, you know, basically enough money that it, it would cover you to play minor league baseball for let's say seven to write out that entire contract of seven years. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and, you know, as an eight in a 17, 18 year old kid, if, you know, you tell them you want a million bucks in your mind, they're like, dude, a million bucks, that's, yeah. that's a lot of money, but you don't understand, you know, federal taxes. You don't understand state tax. You don't understand, you know, that, that's that million, million dollars turns into, well, I got to pay my agent and then I buy a car and then, you know, there's, there's 600,000 left. And it's like, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, it's so different, um, you know, from what, you know, the, the average mind can you know mm-hmm. kind of process before we really go through it so um we asked probably for more than i was going to get intentionally mm-hmm. um nothing nothing really came of a came about it on draft day in high school which um you know we were ultimately fine with looking back i'm really glad i didn't go out of high school i felt like okay. uh getting into pro ball and understanding the way that it went and even getting into college baseball understanding um you know mentally and physically um, that I wouldn't have been ready for professional baseball and, and knowing how professional baseball goes, I don't know if they would have done enough, uh, important enough into me to, to help me succeed. I mean, a lot of pro ball is it's you're, you're professional and you're on your own, you know, mm-hmm. they help you as much as they can, but after a certain point, um, 
you know, it's up to you ultimately. So um, I don't know if I would have been ready for that. And I'm glad I didn't looking back. Um, and then going into college, uh, you know, had a good, so, you know, decent freshman year, really, really good sophomore year. Junior year was pretty, you know, average to above average. Um, you know, I was hoping to go on, you know, late in the first day or early in the second day. Ended up going in the sixth round. So, you know, moderately on the second day. Um, uh, just, you know, we were practicing. We had just won our super regional to go to the College World Series. Mm -hmm. So, um, we were in the middle of practice with that draft going on. Um, you know, Coach McDonald, our head coach, called me out the second base in the middle of infield stuff. He's like, hey, White Sox just called. They're looking to take you with this pick or the next pick. Mm -hmm. Is this dollar amount okay? Either round, whatever. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter the round. The money's what, you know, that's really what matters. Mm -hmm. um, okay, cool. Sounds good. Practice ends. We go to go into weights and, you know, get the phone call from, you know, my agent. Hey, the White Sox are taking you this next pick, blah, 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 blah. You know, and that's kind of how it went. Oh, wow. Okay. So you you were actually in a game or practice. You weren't at home, like a, like a watch party or any yeah. of that kind of stuff. Yeah, my parents were um, my parents were home in Cleveland. All my family was home. Um, yeah, I was in, I was at school. We were in the middle of uh, preparing to go play in the College World Series. <laughs> um, so you you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned that you were happy that you were able to go to to college just because you were able to learn more there. Um, what specifically were you able to learn as a player or as your as a person, um, even if it has to do with finances or just uh, how to better yourself as a ball player? Um, you know, I, I think most of it would become, um, looking back, I, I remember being in situations in a dugout where I have older guys uh, that go on to play in, in pro ball or big leaguers and, you know, they're, they're pitchers as well. And they'll mention it's something and you watch, he, you know, he's going to bunt right here. And I'm in my mind going, how the hell does he know he's going to bunt, right? Yeah. They're not doing lays on a bunt. And it's just like, it's stuff like that where in high school you could get away with being so far superior to other guys. Um, you know, and that's how it is for almost everyone that comes in to play the major mm -hmm. division one school. It's you're so much better than everyone else around you. you. You just mostly rely on the athletic part of it. There, there's not a whole lot of thinking involved. It's I can throw a fastball by you, and I'm going to do it, and that's how it's going to go. Um, you know, there's no worrying about well, hey, if this dude smacks this ball in the gap, where my what base am I backing up? Mm -hmm. You know, stuff like that. Where um, you know, it was just a, a mental uh, a part of me where um, situational baseball. Maybe I didn't understand it as as well as I thought I did. Mm -hmm. um you know having the the opportunity to be around guys that go on to play pro ball as well learning from them um you know and and, and kind of helping my mental growth as much as obviously learning how to get in the weight room take care of my body sleep you know all of those type of things um you know was a huge huge point for me um you know leaving college so much better in a better in, so, in such a better place than um i was you know coming in as, a, as an 18 year old freshman wow that's, and that's good. A lot of people don't, I guess, maybe won't recognize that thinking, you know what, I got I got a little bit of money. I'm going to take the money. Um, I got, I'm going to take this opportunity instead of, you know, letting them let them themselves, you know, mature uh, physically, like emotionally, mentally, uh, even as a baseball player. And this is for all sports, too. You see play, uh, athletes who maybe get out too soon and should have maybe did a year or two in college to really um, continue to hone their craft. What was one of your some of your more favorite mo uh, moments while you were in college? Um, you know, I, every time I get this question, I probably say um, it would be, you know, playing our in-state rival, our biggest rival, Kentucky, um, pitching in game one of the Super Regional, setting my team up hopefully to succeed. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you win game one, game two is a lot easier than losing game one. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, having my coach call me into the office, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily our number one. We had a guy, uh, Brendan McKay, first overall, you know, or I guess third overall pick or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so Brendan was our number one. Um, he had, coach had called me into the office on like, you know, Wednesday or Thursday or something and said, hey, you're going to start game one. Um, we need you to get us out in front. We'll mm -hmm. have Brendan close the door game two. I'm like, let's do it. Nice. Um, you know, go out there, pitch pretty well. Uh, we ended up winning game one, knowing that I gave my team the best opportunity to, um, you know, succeed was something that was super important. Uh, we closed the door, we win game one, game two, we come out, I think we ended up winning like 3-2 or something like that. Kind of got a little hairy at the end, but uh, we were in control for most of that game. You know, the last outs made, dog pile on the mound, uh, you know, look around in front of your home fans, in front of whatever, mm -hmm. it was like 11,000, 12,000 people and, um, you know, just knowing that they've been craving that moment just as much as you have. So um, it was a really cool, feel, really cool feeling. And uh, and then obviously getting to go on to Omaha playing the College World Series and, you know, pitch in front of 35,000 um, in a packed house against Florida um, was really, really cool as well. I had to go look at the highlights and see how that, how that all turned out. Uh, was that how far did you guys advance then in, in the World Series that year? Uh, so we won game one against Texas A&M. Uh, we lost game two to Florida, and then we lost game three to TCU. So I guess we lost in like the, um, I guess it would be like the third. Yeah, mm -hmm. third round technically. Okay. Right on. Hey, just being able to get to the College World Series and live that experience is is something that, I mean, I never did. Um, a lot of people don't do. So I'm happy that you got to have that experience and you know feel that that emotion, and then now, kind of on the precipice of getting into the majors yourself. Mm -hmm. um like you can kind of relive that that whole experience and you know hopefully that uh, experience that with with the white Sox um when when they get when you get called up because they have a really good team and there's a good shot you know good chance that uh they will be in the postseason again and um i'm sure you have a lot to contribute to, uh, for that team so after you were drafted how did it feel to be in the minors uh and what was like that first emotion of like your first uh spring training and like your first like professional game um my first experience of minor league baseball um in my mind i remember the first thing i thought was man i'd love to go back to college right now um because <laughs> you know, everyone, everyone tells you the horror stories of you know what it's like and um you know and, and coming from a major division one school you're you are treated like as you can imagine you know mm -hmm. um, you're flying private across the country on a you know, on a Monday night after a Monday night game to get home to get, be in class on Tuesday, right? Um, you know, you're in Great Falls, Montana, uh, playing in, in rookie ball, and you're taking a 12-hour bus ride through the night to God knows where, no cell phone service once you leave, like, you know, the, a five-mile radius of that town, you know? Um, it was just such a different experience. Um, you know, it, it's something you'll never forget for a multitude of reasons, but, you know, mm -hmm. being around the guys, getting to have a relationship with the new group and, um, you know, kind of, I guess, I want to say suffering through it, but it, going through it together, um, mm -hmm. you know, made it a little bit more enjoyable because there's no one there that was, um, you know, that felt like they didn't belong because this was all a, a fresh group of guys. And, um, you know, that was pretty cool. You know, I only lasted there for um, about two weeks before I got promoted to low A to finish out the rest of that draft season. So, oh, good. Um, you know, finishing in low A, similar kind of concept. I got thrown into a team with, um, you know, three, four weeks left in the season. Um, and, you know, 
not having anywhere to live. I slept on a, uh, I slept on a, a twin blow up mattress on um, tile floor in a kitchen for like, you know, last month of the season. Um, Cause everyone already been filled up, you know, you know, mm-hmm. at, at that point of the year, no one's looking for a roommate. So I basically had to beg someone to let me just sleep on their floor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that was with uh, eight got eight guys in a three bedroom apartment. And it's just like, crazy but uh you know again that, that stuff you'll never forget i'm i'm grateful to have you know i've gone through it and gotten to experience for um for different you know reasons but um, i'm really glad that at this at this point in my career i'll never have to go through that, that that part of it again at least was was there a huge difference from like rookie ball to low a to double a in like the traveling uh or the food even or like um, the living the living stuff uh, the only time, the only difference I've really seen is AAA. I mean, I would say it's it's um, everything is minor leagues. Everything is is rough from from rookie ball to Double A. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the travel in Double A, I guess, is the distance wise isn't as bad, but you're still not flying. You're still not, um, you know, being like overly treated by clubhouse mm-hmm. managers and stuff like that. Um, and then AAA is has been different. Um, you know, it's still the minor leagues, if if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but AAA is definitely different than Double um, A and down. Um, but you know, you get to you get to get on some flights now. Um, clubhouse managers recognize that there's guys in the locker room that have a little bit more money, and so they're they're looking for tips. You know, on mm-hmm. you know, how mm-hmm. they how they treat you during the week and stuff. So they'll put out better food. They'll do stuff like that. Um, they'll give you more options for things and. Um, so there's a little bit of an upgrade there. Um, you know, the, the gray area is, um, you know, you got a you got a bunch of guys in a locker room who um, are on that minor league seven year contract that are making, you know, eleven hundred dollars every two weeks, and then you also have another half of that locker room that's former major leaguers or forty man guys that are that are making, you know, one hundred fifty thousand, one hundred twenty thousand, ninety thousand, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So um, it, it's definitely a strange dynamic where. Um, you know, it comes time to, you know, you, you typically it's like $10, $15 a day, roughly is what you're paying the clubhouse dues. So, you know, end of a home series, it's somewhere between 60 and 70, 80, 80 bucks, whatever, right? Well, you know, typically everyone, you know, in my situation will tip like maybe an extra 20 or 25 bucks for a week. Well, you know, it's 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 awkward to, to go and hand your tip to the clubhouse manager when, um, you know, the guy behind you or the guy in front of you just handed them you know, two, 300 bucks, you know, and it's like, you feel like a piece of shit, but like, mm-hmm. what are you supposed to do? It's like, you know, I I'm sleeping on a futon in a buddy's apartment because that's how much money we're making. So yeah, it's just, it's definitely a strange dynamic, but, um, it's, you know, hopefully they're starting to try to change things a little bit. Um, you know, they're, they're supposed to come out with a new housing, you know, allotment yep. and stuff like that. So Hopefully that turns things around a little bit, um, kind of levels the playing field in terms of you know, just at least being able to, you know, sleep in a bed every night, I guess. Um, but for the most part, it's it's the minor leagues, no matter where you go. From from my experience, but AAA has been a little bit better. Yeah, what without like saying the team or the or the or the city, what is maybe like one of the worst like things you were given to eat? Um, just cause I, when people think of the minor leagues and I will talk about your tweet in a quick second here, but people were, people, I don't know if fans are really understand, like I would say the hardship, the struggle. And I get it. A lot of people say it's just a game, but at the same time, you guys are individuals, you're humans with, you know, human emotions and needs yeah. and stuff. Um, what is some of the more like, 
disappointing like things you were given i know i don't know if you saw that that picture that was going around uh the, the oakland a's had like a bag with like a like a really nasty looking sandwich in it for their minor leaguers. It was kind of circling uh, social media a couple, maybe like right at the beginning of last season. Um, <laughs> what were some of the worst things you, oh, you guys been given? I mean, pick a number between one and 10, whatever it is, it isn't high enough for the number of subscriptions you have, including all the ones you've forgotten about. Because most people have an average of about eight subscriptions. So introducing Truebill, the app that gives you the power to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash BlueWire. Look, I subscribe to everything. And I always forget after the free trial is over to cancel, so I was stuck with subscriptions for services I didn't even use anymore. And Truebill saved me a ton of money. Go right now. Truebill.com slash BlueWire. It could save you thousands a year. Get an effortless breakdown of your finances to see where your money is going and how to improve. Truebill.com slash BlueWire. If... if it- if we weren't professional athletes in, in, in this situation, it doesn't sound it doesn't sound ridiculous because what yeah. it is isn't that bad. But being for what the situation was and who we are, it, it's crazy. Um, in between the double header, um, we were we were fed hot dogs, lace chips, and ice cream. That was a <laughs> in between a double header. You know, in the middle of July. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's like you, that's what you want to sit in your in your stomach. Uh, we had a, a a road clubhouse manager feed us. It was some kind of tuna salad or mm-hmm. tuna something. It was like three inches of liquid. Like, oh. It was like the grossest thing. I, I have a picture of it on my phone because I like. I was like. I was like. That is something I'll never forget. I wanted to like people. People say like these questions. Like boom, dude. Look at this. Like that's what yeah. we were forced to eat. So it's like, you know, it's uh, it's peanut butter sandwich basically at that time. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. I mean, we have. Oh, dude. I mean there was uh there's just it just became so regular that it didn't even it doesn't like unless it's like stuff like that that really sticks out like yep everything was so average or below average subpar that it just became peanut butter sandwich day in and day out if there was lunch meat turkey sandwich turkey sandwich ham sandwich peanut butter it's like you know in in the hard part is then you got to turn on tell that guy like hey man thanks for your service for the week you know like here's your money but it's like yeah how do you what tip somebody I, after them giving yeah, you I, that what nasty? Am paying, what am I paying you for? Like, yeah. bro, half the time I get my laundry back and it's soaking wet and I got to put this on and go play in a game and then I'm eating your liquid sandwich. Like, that, it's just like, it's crazy. But like, you know, like you said, people want to jump on, like jump on me in that tweet. And like part of that tweet was like me being sarcastic. You know, mm-hmm. this is the first time we have a conversation, but I'm a sarcastic person. Like I'm messing around. Like you go through yeah. the rest of my timeline, you can probably pick that up. Like, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Mostly the, the premise of that tweet was complete sarcasm being like Draymond, bro. Like you'll be okay. There's, you know, like it, it's all good, dude. Like, um, you know, and then the other premise was like for people that don't understand, like they just see you being recognized by a team and organization for being good to be enough to be drafted to, to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they see your, you know, let's say accolades or they see you rising through a system. Well, it's like, 
to them it's baseball only they don't understand that there's such another uh you know aspect to yeah. what it takes to just be on that field and uh you know i was just kind of in a way trying to bring awareness i guess to what it's like to go through those lot of levels like it's not all you know cake all the way through and you know it's like mm-hmm. yeah you get the triple a and you can treat it a little bit better but like man in double a the weekend you know two weeks ago when i was in double a i was taking a bus eight hours through the night same thing you know kind of same kind of situation so um you know there really is the, the jump from from triple a to the big leagues obviously not having experienced it but you know talking with buddies talking with teammates seeing it on social media whatever um you know obviously that jump is you know gigantic but yeah um yeah it's just it's just crazy it's such it's such a different um you know it's such a different experience of um you know hopefully i get to see the the other side of it um the other side of the fence i guess you could say but man mm-hmm. the minor league side is it's not it's not too glorious by any means yeah for those who didn't didn't, didn't see that, that tweet and definitely follow you on on twitter you're you're an interesting follow here i enjoy enjoy it um draymond tweeted fly in the day of the game after playing a game the night before and play a game wow and then you you quote tweeted him in pro baseball you take a bus 10 hours through the night after a game from north carolina to new jersey sleep in a one-star hotel for maybe five hours, get up to go to the field and play for 700 a month, dream on it. And I was just rolling through my timeline, and I saw that, and it stood out to me. I'm like, wow, okay. Um, and then it got almost 100 quote tweets, over 10,000 likes, over 1,000 retweets, and it kind of blew up a little bit. Uh, and I'm like, okay, I got to reach out to you, because that's, that's when I did. I'm like, this is I want to talk to you about this, because um, like I said, I, I before I told, before I recorded, I was telling you, I had... Um, Dr. Minor Leaguer on here, uh, the founder of that organization and that nonprofit, coming on to talk about how he and his uh, nonprofit they're helping minor leaguers and they're getting sponsors and they're kind of going through that process of illuminating the struggles that minor leaguers do have. And um, I was asking him, like, what are some of the like the pushback that you may get? And what he was saying was that there are people who say, well, look, these guys are just playing a game. If they don't like it, then tell them to get like a real job or tell them to stop playing or, or, you know, things like that. I'm sure even in, in your tweet and like retweets in the comments and your mentions, I saw a similar, like that same idea and the mentality from player or from fans who are like, well, then don't, you know, no one's making you do this. Um, were, did you get a lot of like negative, negative pushback from that? Yeah. I mean, there was, there was, I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine being like a LeBron James or something like that because I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, I dude, the, the the people that are fighting each other, like not even mm-hmm. going at me, they're like fighting each other over like baseball and basketball, like in, in, in mm-hmm. the mentions. And I'm like, bro, I'm like, could you imagine being LeBron? And every time you post anything, this is what happens on every single plat- like platform. It's like, it's crazy. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, I would say it was like 50, 50 negative to people kind of like sticking up for minor leaguers or for baseball or whatever you want to say. But yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I didn't really care for that part of it because that that wasn't what the reason behind me posting right. that was. But um, you know, it, it, like you said, so many people want to be like, "Oh, you're playing a kid's game. You're playing a yep. game. Get get a real job." Like, well, the thing is, like, I so badly wanted to message back every single one of those people saying, "Well, if it's such a kid's game and or it's it's a game, like, mm-hmm. why aren't you playing?" You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's there's like, you know, you you want to say that and you want to be like a keyboard hero, sure, but like, yep. it, it comes down to it is if realistically if you were able to keep playing a, a sport or an instrument, if, if, if that's what your true passion was, um, if it was just that simple, you would still be doing it. You wouldn't be mm-hmm. grinding nine to five and being miserable, you know, clapping back at people on, on, on social media. You know what yep. I mean? So 
Um, you know, you know, there's there's people out there like that, but there also was another another portion of people that somewhat understood the process and that were, um, I guess you could say, sticking up for baseball in a mm-hmm. way. But again, that's not what I like. I wasn't looking for like pity. I was just like being sarcastic and, um, you know, if anything, trying to bring about a little bit of awareness to to where you got to come from just to get to that point. And, um, you know, it is what it is. But Right. Well, hey, I mean, I do appreciate people who are taking their time to stand up for those who are in the minor leagues. Um, and you, now that you're kind of on the cusp of, of going to the majors, you can also kind of advocate for those who are in the minors. I feel like there is a, a shift in mentality of it used to be, you know, you pay your dues um, through you kind of hustle and grind through the minors to get to the major, to major leagues. And now it's more of a let's try to help out these guys so that they can focus on just becoming ball players and not have to worry so much about what are they going to eat and where are they going to sleep? Are they going to have to share a room with three, four guys or a three bedroom apartment with seven or eight guys. And I feel like there's more of uh, an awareness and uh, a shift in, in thinking and the mentality that, that we as fans and even as players in, in professional baseball, that we need to support the minor leaguers and minor leaguers like yourself who need to focus on how to be a better player instead of, you know, what am I going to eat? Am I going to get a sandwich? Am I going to get liquid? Whatever you, whatever they fed you in the clubhouse. Yeah. Um, what, what are you, what, before we hop off here, what are your thoughts on that shift? Um, and maybe um, what, what would you like to be seen done by organizations such as, you know, more than baseball uh, adopt a minor leaguer in, in uh, fans who want to, um, kind of help and assist players going through that that climb to get to eventually reach their goals of becoming becoming a major leaguer um you know and it's it is it's awesome what a lot of those non-for-profit you know guys are doing and mm-hmm. i think that's really really cool um you know and i appreciate what they're trying to do because that's that's really important to, to a lot of guys there's guys that don't get a bonus that you know maybe they get a sponsor and they're getting you know meal gift cards every couple of weeks from someone or, or whatever um so, you know, to them, that might be literally getting them through playing baseball. I mean, I've, I've seen a handful of guys that had to quit because they literally couldn't afford to play anymore, which, yeah. is, which is crazy. I mean, we had a kid, my first full season in, in low A, we went through all the spring training, um, flew across the country from Arizona, North Carolina. And like the day before the first game, um, or the day of the first game, I get to the field. And I'm like, yo, where's Kyle at? And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, he had to retire. I'm like. What do you mean? Wow. They're like, um, you know, uh, he found out that his student loans were going to start kicking in, um, starting uh, whatever next week or something. Um, and he literally just like couldn't afford to live here, like and pay the rent and then also pay off his student loans while playing. So like he had to quit and like go home and like he's going to try to get a job. It's like, wow, dude, like that is that's crazy. Like, mm-hmm. um, but like the one that kills me is. Um, our pitching coach in Double A this past year is named Richard Dotson. Um, Dot played like ten or eleven years in the big leagues in like the seventies, eighties, nineties. And Dot told me in like whatever the year was eighty five or something. Um, actually, it probably would have been late late seventies. So his like last years of, of the minor leagues. Um, he said in Double A he made eight hundred dollars a month, which in nineteen seventy something um, is probably like relatively equivalent to what we're getting right now um mm-hmm. and uh, I, I said dot so what was what was the minor league or the major league minimum salary you're 
like rookie year. I think mm-hmm. he, I, I don't quote me, but I believe he said it was around sixty, somewhere between sixty and eighty thousand. So you look at that now, and that minor league salaries have gone from eight hundred in Double A to I think it's about sixteen hundred in Double A. So that's doubled roughly. And that major league salary has gone from sixty or eighty thousand to five hundred and seventy thousand, roughly. Wow! So it's like, you know, it seems like everything around minor league baseball um, has has you know developed and gone along, except for mm-hmm. minor league baseball. So yeah, uh, I don't know. That was just that was something to me that he told me, and I was like, how does how does that double and mm-hmm. and then the salary like you know quadruples, you know, mm-hmm. and then there's no like you look at it right now and it's like. How is that possible? But is what yeah, it is. And you look at these teams spending like, and we just saw this a month ago, like all these billions of dollars on all these players. Like the owners have money. Uh, organizations have the money. It's just that the fact that they um, don't provide for their minor leaguers, even if it's just housing or decent food or uh, better equipment or right. just yeah, something you know, that you can. Know it's, um, you know, it, it's. I mean, the way I look at it is, um, you know, maybe we don't get paid as much because there's so many levels of minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess that, that would make sense in a way. But, you know, I also, I, I'm a firm believer in like, uh, you know, the, the strongest kind of survive. You know, if it's not meant to be for you, then it's not meant to be for you. So mm-hmm. um, I, I would prefer, and I'm not saying this now because I'm in AAA and I'm close. I, I said this from like the college in, in my early days is like, man, I'd rather not have false hope given to me that I'm in the minor leagues and that I might play in the big leagues because mm-hmm. I'm in the minor leagues. I'd rather be under the impression of I'm here because I have a legitimate chance. Um, you know, you see so many guys and it's, you know, I don't, I don't think it's wrong of them to feel that way because you got to remain positive and, and have, you know, some kind of goal and aspiration, but like there's guys you can see that are, are not going to play in the major leagues. You know that, you know that they're a mm-hmm. filler um, but maybe in their mind, they, they don't they understand that that's their role and they're just here to eat innings until the next prospect comes along. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of sucks. But, um, you know, selfishly, man, well, if we didn't have a bunch of these guys around, um, you know, maybe maybe the conditions would be a little better. Man, if we just got rid of maybe, you know, there's there's freaking like seven levels of minor league baseball, man. So maybe if we just made it like single A, double A, triple A or double A, triple A. And we can weed out the guys, um, you know, that aren't going to make it, that aren't fillers, that we're not, that we're giving this false hope to. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's a few hundred. I mean, there's 125 guys per minor league organization. Man, well, if we whittle that down to like 75 guys and take all that same salary, yeah, maybe you're not making 80,000, but if you're making 25 or 30, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which even at that point is like still like below the poverty line, but that's still double what we're making right now. So, yeah. um, it, it is crazy, and and like I said, I, I'd rather. If I was in that situation, I'd rather be told the truth and be given uh, a straightforward, you know, hey, you're not looking like a guy we're going to see in the major leagues. Well, I'd rather move on with my life and, and get things going or, or ask for a release and say, maybe I'll go try it somewhere else versus, yeah. um, you know, keep kind of being dragged dragged along for, for ultimately nothing in the end. I don't know. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that makes sense. Um, I feel like we always see all we see, we see a lot of players drafted, not very many reach the majors. Um, but it, you know, it, it is, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's good to see that, you know, you have that mentality. Um, I, I think since you are very close to making the majors, like, are you, what are you expecting? Um, or what is your expectation for this upcoming season? Are you, and what, what should we expect from you? 
Eight. Um, you know, my hope is to uh, to be invited to Major League Spring Training again this year. Um, you know, I'm a non 40 man guy, so uh, you know, I, I'm going there with the intention of turning some heads. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've been a starter all the way through, so um, you know, I'd love to go there and, and impress them. You know, and, and say have them say, man, maybe maybe yeah, maybe he is a starter in the minor leagues right now, but. Man, we could really use this guy in the bullpen as a as a as a piece here. Or someone goes down, man. I know he's not on the roster, but this is a guy that we you know we could get in there. We could use. Um, you know, if that doesn't happen, um, you know, go to AAA, start the year in AAA. Um, hopefully, go there, stay healthy. Um, yeah. You know, produce, pitch every five days when I'm called upon, five six days, and um, be ready for for what's thrown at me. You know, during the course of that season. Hopefully, the major leagues haven't figured out um, there is a season. And, you know, hopefully I'm the first guy called upon, like I said, based on, you know, health status and, and performance. And hopefully I'll get that chance if, uh, you know, if it comes to it. Yeah. No. Hey, I hope I hope so for you as well. I mean, I live here in, in Wisconsin and I, I try to go out to Chicago um, at least once a season. So that'd be cool to see you see you pitch in person. Um, I want I want to thank you for coming on the show. I do appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule, especially now during during this holiday season um you have a great christmas you have a great um rest of this off season and we'll see you uh when spring training starts awesome man thanks so much really appreciate it of course all right man you have a good one you too at walgreens we know february is the season for l-o-v-e it's also something sweet for your sweetheart season or my favorite wait that's today's season or the just found out my kid has a crush season good luck mom this Valentine's Day, Walgreens makes it easy to quickly get last-minute gifts with pickup in as little as 30 minutes. Because if it's Cupid season, it's Walgreens season. Right now, select fragrances are 20% off. Offer valid through 226 while supplies last. Restrictions apply. See Walgreens.com for details. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.